0: Thank you for tuning in to Nick's Hotline. This is actually the first time uh, we're doing do this. This is the first recording, one of many that I hope and presume that everybody will enjoy listening to. So a little bit about me and what I'm doing. My name is Nick. You can call me Nick. That's what a lot of people call me, or Nicholas. This podcast really is in tune with my insights uh, for advocating for mental health and psychological and physical health issues that need to be addressed not just in our local communities but statewide and nationally. Also, some philosophical content as well. I do like discussing philosophy and I hope that you will be able to gather some insight and information about this. The topics that I will go over will be a lot to do with things that I've learned and researched on my own and how it affects our daily lives not just, again, living here in our local communities, but statewide and nationally. The first topic for discussion today is who I am and what I am doing. I grew up here in the southeast of the United States, lived in four different states here in the southeast and currently reside in the Carolinas. I've seen a lot of things growing up in my mid-30s. I've witnessed and experienced a lot of things that most people probably couldn't relate with either that or they just don't remember or they've blacked it out of their memory. Growing up for me was not exactly the easiest life because my life was a bit diverse as I got to I grew up in in an environment that wasn't exactly the healthiest at times and there was a lot of confusion and frustration going on. So my experiences over my lifetime have taught me how to adapt and hopefully uh, be able to inspire other people from my own experiences I've been through. I've I've had some ups and downs and roller coaster rides when it came to my psychological health as well as my physical health. It's funny how when you are a teenager, you want to grow up so fast and get away from any affordable figures in your life. And then as an adult, after you reach, reach your mid-20s to early 30s, you start to realize that life is a little bit subjective. It's a little bit different than you imagined. You didn't know that you were gonna be on a path that was gonna lead you down a different road. You thought that you were gonna go to school and become a scientist or a doctor, or even an automotive or a diesel technician or a fitness instructor, and then one day you realize that you, you enjoy learning so much and you've learned so much over the course of your life that you want to be able to use what you've learned to help other people. Now if I quote people indirectly, forgive me, I'm not going to reference them, I will just reference myself, but there will be times that I will cite and quote people or reference them. and my discussions and if I do so I will cite them and quote them properly so that you can go back and research yourself the topics and who I was quoting things like that what I was going over a little bit my background is I also used to be a non-believer I don't judge people for what they believe I am very open-minded when I say believer as in the Christian and Judaism faith I'm very open-minded as far as what people believe and I like Theology. I don't just like theology, the history of it, but of religions. But I like how religions have cultivated together to seemingly help place people in the world where a lot of people seem distraught, and things like we have going on in November, or excuse me, October of 2023. I'm trying to fast forward there for a moment, but in October of 2023, we're starting to see how the world is changing with. Uh, Things going on in Israel, things going on in Ukraine. I will relate with and discuss topics that are relevant to uh, issues going on worldwide as well. I do not discuss politics. I will make that very clear. If I do, I'm not going to tell you who I side with. I'm very open-minded because I don't feel like politics should judge a person based on their cultural or ethnic point of view. If someone believes something and they believe it very strongly, they should not impose that on other people as a radical movement. It's kind of like this. I'm not biased towards anyone who wants to believe what they do believe. I'm just biased towards the opportunity you have as to whether or not you can use that to help other people or not. At times, I feel like as humans, we often want to express so much of what we're doing but many times we forget that what we are doing is imposing our own beliefs. And in part of imposing our own beliefs, we're not really giving people the opportunity to feel like they can get to know us or why we choose to believe something. As a, a faith believer and, and following the Lord, I am not stereotypical against other people who are Muslim, Islam, atheist, deist, Taoist, Buddhist. Whatever the case may be, all I feel is that if you're able to believe what you do or if you don't believe it, as long as you're not using that to hurt other people physically and psychologically and you're using it for the well-being of your good, great. it's kind of like my, my my theories of when you die and go to heaven. I look, view the heavens as many of the religious standpoints put. We look to the heavens as the stars in the sky. But actually many of those what we call so-called stars are actually galaxies and planets that are shining really bright. Most of the stars we actually don't see in the sky a lot of times at night. Uh, those are just distant, distant galaxies and planets that are, have reflection of stars shining off of them. I think of us being as humans on this earth, we have, we were given an opportunity no matter how old we are, uh, according to history and, and geology, I think that humans have an opportunity to grow with wisdom as, as many of us have taught. I want to read something to you, I actually wrote this down recently and a lot of times when I get these philosophical words and quotes and things in my head, I like to take notes and write them down. <laughs> Wisdom is gained and passed down. It took me a while to realize that wisdom does not always come easily. Many times it comes in times and takes place to acquire it. To gain a profound understanding of something takes more than just learning knowledge. It takes time and experience. Experience that leads oftentimes to other more profound experiences. When I was young, I wanted to grow up so fast and failed to realize that I had yet acquired wisdom. And it took understanding in order for me to gain that wisdom. And yet, even in my mid-30s, I don't have as much wisdom as I hope to seek in my future. Um, Many people want to live long lives to help other people. Many people just want to live long lives to enjoy them. You know, we could say that there's a lot of multi-millionaire and billionaires out there who are definitely enjoying living life. But I read the other day in an article about a man who actually is spending a hundred million dollars because he has muscular dystrophy in his legs and he created yoga pants these women's fashion line of yoga pants back in the late 80s and early 90s it became literally a billionaire and he sold his uh company uh, about a a little over a decade ago and when he sold his company he invested into other companies that were pharmaceutical based and in this time he neglected his muscular dystrophy in his legs and his lower body and now he's investing into a hundred million dollars worth of research to try to help have scientists and doctors come up with ways to help him out and in the same context as I was reading uh, just today I also saw something else too there was something very unique when it came to it uh, this gentleman he's 58 years old he just had the second ever pig heart transplant recipient. One month later, he's still doing well. He's still recovering well. I mean, how remarkable is that? This man has got a, a pig heart in his body. It was done previously by the same doctors and physicians a, a few years ago, and the person who who had that done the first time around lived for about two months before an uh, unknown illness uh took over and they feel and a lot of clinicians feel like it was probably a, a pig virus that was deep inside of the tissue of the heart that was transplanted. In short, what I'm getting at is my my heart right now, for what I talk about, really goes out to the medical health care system and how it affects us psychologically. An example I can definitely say of myself is I started experiencing PVCs and packs, if you're not familiar with those, those are premature ventricular contractions and premature articular contractions that happen in your heartbeat. It's pretty much when your heartbeat uh, skips a beat, and when it skips a beat, it causes you to get this fluttering sensation in your chest. Sometimes it's been so intense that it felt like my chest was pounding and I was going to pass out other times. It just came and went unnoticeably. And there's been some times where I thought I was going to go into heart arrhythmia and have heart arrhythmia issues and go to, uh, I've been to the emergency department plenty of times for this. Of course, it psychologically, it freaks you out. It would freak anybody out who notices them. And on average, you can ask doctors, they say, oh, thousands of people have them every day and they don't even notice them. Well, I know there's a lot of thousands of other people out there who had these things every day and they don't notice them. For me, I'm uh, I'm a lightweight. I'm not I'm not big and bulky like I used to be in my twenties. Uh, I'm no longer bodybuilding, needless to say, but I'm also not overweight, and I can feel them a little bit easier than most people do. But when you go to the hospital or a doctor and you ask them about them, they tell you, "All your labs look good. We did an echo. You look good." We've We've looked everything over on your entire body. Nothing seems to check out negatively that would indicate something else. It's all benign, that word benign. We hear that word benign, and psychologically, we go into another world. Great, what's going on now? They say it's benign. Well, that was a healthy uh, checkup there, and, of course, that cost me a lot of money. Then another thing is I have what they call a curie malformation uh, you can call it jihari malformation, how you want to pronounce it. I pronounce it i carry malformation. I've had, it's a genetic disorder I was born with. Pretty much where the brain tonsils in the back of your brain extend through the crown of your skull, pinching C1, C2, and C3 uh, ver- nerves along those vertebrae and your spinal cord. And depending on the severity of it, it can affect you in all kinds of different ways. For me, I also had degenerative disc disease and cervical issues in my spine, C5, C6, disc or bulging. Of course, L4, uh, L4 L5, I have a ruptured disc down there in my lower back, too. Needless to say, in my teenage life and my adolescence years, in my 20s, I was not very good to my body. I, I bodybuilded. I played a lot of sports, I skateboarded and surfed for 15 years, volleyball, flag football. Man, You could say, let's go do it, and I was all about it athletic-wise, and here I am in my mid-30s, and I'm like, wow, you know. Now I understand what, you know, some of the pro athletes out there felt like and how bad it affected them. More importantly over, I know that a lot of pro athletes out there, and and my heart goes out to them, have unfortunately uh, killed themselves because of the pain was just too much from all their injuries over the years. When I was growing up, Dave Mirra was one of my favorite BMX riders. He he was at was the top of his game uh, when I was a, a teenager, early in my teenage life. And I remember playing Dave Mirra's pro-style BMX on PS1 and then PS2. Of course, Matt Hoffman uh, was, was another great BMX rider too that I grew up watching and, and watching on X Games and Fuel TV if you had it back in the day. And I remember watching these guys thinking, "Man, that's super cool." And then, as a skateboarder for 15 years, I started hitting, uh, doing rail slides, fifty-fifties, grinds, um, <clears throat> board slides on on three, four-foot rails at, at schoolyards when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. And I remember, golly, like, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the big stuff, but man. It hurt, you know, you come down and that board slaps you in your crotch or hits you in your tibia or your fibia, and you're like, man, this really hurts, and then you fall. I broke my my arm a couple times, my wrist several times. Can't say how many times I was digging gravel out of my hands as a teenager from falling on my skateboard. I eventually learned how to roll. And being a goofy skater, you, you picked up on that real quick. You know what? I don't want to fall on my hands. I'm just going to roll with it. So all those things I did to my body not – realizing I had this horrible thing in the back of my head called a curing malformation and years later it was just going to intensify and cause symptoms that are just unbelievable and when the doctors you know we talked I talked to them about things I'm having sometimes I get vertigo sometimes I feel like I'm gonna pass out sometimes I feel like my body is just falling apart I can't sleep sometimes I get the these uh, these pvcs and packs I think it's all related to pension Uh, the vagus nerve around my cervical area. Anyway, I've explained a lot about some of those issues that I have currently going on and I'm working through. I'm very optimistic about my health though. I dig deep into what may be causing issues and how I can use what I've learned and what I'm going through to help other people. I was a fitness instructor for close to 12 years. I got a degree in exercise science. Uh, from National Personal Training Institute of Orlando from the original Orlando class before they moved against, I think, Winter Park or Winter Springs um, or Altamont, something like that. And um, I was a coach for a while, too. I wasn't just a, just a fitness instructor who was going out there and torturing people like a lot of personal trainers. My goal was to help people to overcome challenges and obstacles. If physically you were limited and do something then I was there to motivate you and I strive to help you the proper way. No, I don't believe in CrossFit training, no offense to you CrossFit Kings out there. I was a cross trainer and functional trainer. I believe in proper form and technique and not overworking your body. There are things called endurance hypertrophy and strength exercises, doing the proper range of motion and techniques. Um, without overdoing it and hurting yourself. As I learned over the years, your joints are the biggest thing that, that you can have an impact on. You know, I look at guys like Ronnie Coleman, who's now in a wheelchair, Lou Frigno. These are guys I watched bodybuilding growing up, aside from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he was great back in his day, but I was definitely a fan of Ronnie Coleman. I remember the first time I ever heard Ronnie Coleman's voice in a gym that I used to work out at in at Wilmington. He was visiting there. There was a Gold's Gym on Racing Drive in Wilmington, North Carolina. If you've ever been there in the the early millennial, there was – this is probably between 2004 and, I say, 2012, um, you would meet some of the coolest athletes. Sometimes you meet a celebrity there because Wilmington was a very popular destination for a lot of people. Uh, NPC uh, had a lot of competitions outside of Wilmington and in the Raleigh area. And of course they extended up and down the East Coast. Uh, I grew up, when I was in my bodybuilding days, going to Gold's Gym. I mean, the mecca of it, you know, it was the, the box, the machine, as I learned. And I enjoyed so much, but those days are over. I'm here working towards mental health and helping people currently psychologically. You know, when you go to your primary care doctor, you go to the hospital, you feel like something's just not quite right with my body. I'm not sure what's going on. A lot of times you're going to find out what's either wrong with you physically, or you're going to find out there's nothing wrong with you. And you hear that same familiar saying, it's all in my head. Oh my gosh. If I could have, I mean, if I could have got a penny for every time I heard that, I probably would have at least a thousand bucks by now. I would imagine I'm not being sarcastic, I mean that, I've been to the doctor a lot and wondered what's going on, but it's amazing this brain that we have and what it's capable of doing, uh, and science is still showing us things, how our brain affects so many parts of our body and how our organs and joints and our muscles, they all play a big part in our body and we, and we wonder, how is this going to affect me for the rest of my life? As part of me doing this podcast, I hope to advocate for people out there. If you're feeling down and out and you feel like there's no one who understands, believe me, I get it. I understand. I've been there before. I've had counseling and therapy. I've gone through uh, group therapy myself before. I've got my degree in counseling psychology, and I'm still working towards another degree uh, in clinical counseling. But I'm, I'm interested in pursuing an MD as well, too, because I feel like what better difference can we have on other people in our communities if we can relate with them when you go to the doctor's office or you go to well, you know let me take the doctor's office out of there because we have a lot of good primary care physicians I'm so thankful for my primary care physician I, I had him as a child and now I have him as an adult and known this man for a very long time he's been great and everybody's worked up underneath him his physician's assistants and other doctors they've been absolutely wonderful and amazing i'm I'm very fortunate to have that opportunity to, to have someone working for me and and taking care of me and looking out for my health that way but when we go to the ed and I just pull up an example i I wasn't I've been in a number of car accidents I've been in 11 car accidents or 12 uh, four of them have been major where I had to go to the hospital for and I've had probably numbers of concussions over the years and there was one that I had in Georgia back in 2015 this girl was texting and driving she hit me to broadside drivers or she hit me broadside driver's side about 60 plus miles an hour while i was sitting at a stoplight opposite direction on the intersection um of course i i bounced around in the vehicle not even thinking about a concussion or anything like that got out ran over her vehicle ma'am ma'am are you okay and first thing she responds is hang on let me finish this text and i looked down on her android phone i think she had a, a samsung galaxy S, i think it was an s4 s5 had just come out and i had the same phone and she's like i'm just like oh my gosh are you kidding me and there's a child in her passenger seat screaming and you know that was a bad situation that was really scary for me but i didn't feel any physical pain you know i've been in car accidents before that was my pretty sure that was my 11th one um and i'm not a bad driver i just had some unfortunate luck uh, thankfully, the past decade has been a lot better, ten times better. Let's keep it that way. But it didn't hit me until about a month later. The panic attacks, the anxiety—I was a, aff- I had agoraphobia. I was afraid to walk out the door and go to a doctor's appointment so I can get a follow-up to see what, about my neck, what was going on. If you know, from the car accident, I was seeing a chiropractor and stuff, and I, I was freaking out. I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it a half mile down the road before having a panic attack. And I didn't know what was going on. When you start having hot flashes, a headache, you feel like you're going to throw up, you have no idea. Your heart's racing. You're having these PVCs. You can't figure it out. You go to the ED. They do the whole workup, give you some Ativan Ativan or Lirazepam, and ship you out the door saying, everything checked out. You look fine. You're as healthy as can be. Keep up the hard work. And you're thinking, man, what the heck just happened? I could have I could have definitely been referred to a counselor. I had to seek out counseling if therapy be on my own. In fact, I went to group sessions for people who had been through car accidents. Not long after that, about six months later, I ended up having what they call PT, uh, not PTSD, CTSD, complex, tra- CPTSD is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. This was also due to the other car accidents I've had over the years, and this one seemed to be a trigger. And anytime being around a car, seeing flashing lights, someone running a yellow light, someone on their phone, it would freak me out. Now this was 2015, it's 2023. I've come a long way since then but unfortunately I still do deal with some of those symptoms. I use uh, behavioral techniques that I've learned through counseling and therapy and also for my education to help me get through it Things like irrationally motivated behavioral therapy seems, I, I love doing it, it's pretty much where you rationalize what's going to happen before it happens and you play this, you role play in your mind over and over what's going to happen so you le- are less likely to have symptoms or trigger some episodes. Psychologically, I've gotten through a lot of things. It's more of the depression of, wow, I'm, I'm 35 years old and I'm not where I I thought I would be physically. I thought that I would be in better shape. When I was 21 years old, I remember writing a paper uh, when I was studying for my degree in exercise science. I got NASM certified national. Um, I'm sorry, not NASM. I didn't get NASM. I got NSCA, National Strength and Conditioning Association certified. And I was also a sports development coach. For I got certified for Velocity Sports Performance and Wellness. I remember writing a paper, where do you see yourself in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, etc." I said, well, I see myself when I'm 51 years old. I was throwing it out there 30 years later. I saw myself as being 10 times, I remember writing it down exactly word for word, 10 times healthier and in better shape than I currently am. And halfway to that mark, I feel like, Wow, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't let it affect me negatively. I just try to do what I can to help other people realize that, yes, we go through things in life. For some reason, the coach in me that likes to help people comes out and says, yes, I, I can use my own experiences to help other people. You can say I'm educated. I may not have a doctor's degree, though. I've been in college long enough. I feel like I should have two doctor's degree, two doctor's degree or PhDs. Uh, one of them in psychology, and the other one in medical. And I have no doubt in my mind that if I were to take the MCAT right now, I feel like I would pass it. Maybe not a 560 or 580 like you know some of these institutions are looking for, but I feel pretty confident from the way I've learned and the and done my own research and ask questions because I'm the type of person if I don't know something, I want to ask. I don't like to talk about things without knowing the the proper information. I don't like giving wrong information or misleading someone either. But when you go to I'm going to get I got off topic there, forgive me. When you get back to it, when you go to a doctor, an E D and you and go to the doctor TD and you have something happen. Maybe you broke your arm. Maybe you got in a car accident. Maybe you're you're having these sensations in your chest. Maybe your GI tract is acting up and don't let me get started on that. I had my gallbladder removed in January and it was since then the IBS is no fun. But I've learned how to manage and get through it by changing my diet, exercising, walking and of course cognitively thinking outside the box and having a different mindset psychologically. You go to the doctor and you have these questions, man. I don't know what's going on. I bet if we did a poll right now, majority of Americans, I'd say if there was a statistical analysis done, that I would, I could almost bet money. I I would bet a lot of money that at least ninety percent of Americans in the United States go to the emergency department when they could just see their primary care physician if they just wait out until that appointment and get told something else or the same thing or get better treatment. But it's not just a medical evaluation that we need. We need, hey, look, I get all that, but now when I go home, I'm psychologically feeling like I'm a hyperchondriac when, oh, my gosh, I felt that pain in my shoulder. Oh, my gosh, I felt that pain in my stomach. I need to research it and look it up. You know, it's like watching Seinfeld back in the 90s. they Jerry Seinfeld in one of his episodes, they were predicting this George is thinking he's having a heart attack and he's sitting there watching. He's sitting there at the at the restaurant and they're having a conversation and he thinks, oh, my gosh, there goes arm pain, left arm pain, left shoulder pain. Here it goes, here it goes. I'm having a heart attack. And he, it just went to his head. I feel like that's what we do a lot of times. So government... Physicians, healthcare providers. This one goes out to you. And yes, I have asked a number of healthcare workers if what they thought, what their opinions about this. And yes, part of my podcast, I do plan on interviewing people, and I will interview people, people from various dynamics, everything from religion and theology, especially going towards healthcare, talking about healthcare. And the other side of discussions I wanna talk about automotive and diesel um training as I, I was a diesel automotive and diesel tech for fifteen years as well and then I was an entrepreneur and ran my own business. But back to the topic of what we're currently discussing in healthcare. I you go to the doctor, you go to the ED, and you find all this out, would it not be better when you find out something going on, maybe even you find out you have something wrong with you, your kidneys are acting up, your gallbladder is failing, maybe you have cancer, that you automatically get peer support counseling. Now, most Department of Mental Health facilities are right next door to the county's area hospital. <laughs> Regional hospital, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Most area mental health facilities are right beside, I mean, literally, either a hallway over or within a quarter mile distance away from the regional hospital. If you could get an automatic referral for a few free sessions to go in there and see a counselor, therapist, peer support coach, I did life coaching for years and I still continue to do it someone that you could talk to and say look I just experienced this but you know could you help me out a little bit because I don't know how this is going to affect my daily life and I'm already having these negative thoughts going through my head I'm already having some panic disorder you know I'm not crazy but could you give me some some techniques and some skills to help me cope with this I feel like that should be an automatic or when you go to the ED and you find out something like this it shouldn't just be the doctors who were trained to be counselors and therapists and medical physicians, all in the same thing, ask any ED physician and they will tell you the same thing. We have heard it over and over, and that's what we're trained to do. Even nurse practitioners, even nurses. But it wouldn't it make more sense to also give them some help too because they need the help? It's great that they're trained in doing that, and I'm all for it. But I feel like healthcare agencies and, and medical uh, facilities who are reaching the general public and taking care of their immediate needs should have a counselor or a physician, at least PRN, to help them out in the emergency rooms or even a primary care physician having one, at least their part-time to talk to patients as they come in and out when they have a, a diagnosis that may seem unfavorable or even nothing at all, just instead of giving them a referral and say, here, here's a referral, go see such and such at such and such place. No, I'm not going to say names, but I can tell you right now, 99% of the people, when they get a referral to see a counselor or therapist or group therapy, go to group therapy are not going to go. Most of the time, the only reason that they get they end up going is because they finally break down and they hit rock bottom. Um, there's been a lot of suicides, and I, I'm an advocate for people who commit suicide, and this thing, this really goes out to them. You know, psychologically, yes, our brain can cause us to feel like crap and make our bodies feel like absolute dirt when we already feel like dirt. And even if we have great spiritual health, which I have very strong spiritual faith in in my believer and what I do believe, and I don't judge you for what you believe out there, I just hope that you stay intact with what you believe. I'm non-judgmental towards that. I'm a better witness when I'm non-judgmental. But I feel like when we are breaking down physically and we're psychologically bugging out not sure what to do, we push our point to being at suicidal risk. Robin Williams was one of the best actors we know. If you do research on him, you found out what he was diagnosed with was he was having issues with a spinal cord and he was leaking spinal fluid and he knew that over time his body, his brain was essentially going to degenerate and things are not going to end up well for him. But a lot of people don't know that he also struggled with agoraphobia the last couple of years of his life. Psychologically, he was scared. This comes from the man who makes everybody laugh. Yes, a lot of people said he was always depressed and anxious all the time. Most of us are clinically depressed. Most of us are clinically anxious. Most of us have something that affects us from functioning properly because we're afraid of walking 10 feet out of our door without something happening either that or something triggers emotions cognitively that we just do not want to talk about or discuss medically the only thing that we can really do for that is we can be there for supportive care right you know counselors therapists peer support etc coaches pastors etc but we can also medically give people drugs, right? Or how about this, the support from our communities. When you go to a healthcare provider and you say, okay, I realize I have these medical things going on, but I need more. I need more help. I need someone to help me walk through the steps and coach me along the way. So, I'm just going to cut it off right there because I've spilled my beans a lot and I want to be able to save some for the next topic of the discussion. Uh, This was just a little getting to know me. My name is Nick. You can call me Nicholas if you cannot butcher it Uh, because a lot of people do butcher my name. And if you spell it, you would never believe how it's spelled, but it's named after the golden bear himself. And if you know who that is and you can take a wild guess, my name is spelled uniquely. But this is my podcast, and this is what I intend to discuss. There's going to be various different topics. Each time I do discuss a different topic, I will tell you what it's going towards and what it's going to be about. As far as the automotive and diesel te- technician, as a, as a mechanic, I love doing it. I did. Physically, I just can't do it anymore. And you was on my high-stress job. That was a very high-stress job, but I love doing it. I'm very passionate about fixing and repairing things. But I'm more passionate about helping people in my community now. I uh, got to teach diesel mechanics for a little while too, there towards the end of that part of my career, uh, working in the automotive sector and I really enjoyed it, inspiring young men and women to encourage themselves and be better at performing simple repairs to major repairs. I enjoyed helping people, that's just part of my nature. So at my age, this is my time to spill my beans and finally get everything out and to be able to to send that information in a message to other people hopefully through my podcast if you continue to listen they will encourage you and inspire you to overcome obstacles if you feel like there's a topic or need for discussion feel free to reach out to me i have a tiktok agent nick fury also Nicholas Reinhardt. I also have Nicholas Reinhardt on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to me on there. I will post the podcast link information on those Instagram pages as well as on my Facebook and on TikTok, but I will keep my personal life private just so you know. I'm, I'm not about giving my personal life out there. I'm very smart and educated in the sense that of how I use that wisdom I've, I've acquired to help other people, but I will do my best absolutely to not step on other people's shoes. So, this is the first podcast of hopefully one of many. This is October 21st. I hope you enjoyed listening, and I would hopefully I plan to have another podcast by Monday, October 23rd. My goal is to put at least three podcasts out per week between 30 and 40 minutes long. With the various topics as we discussed, anything from health care, mental and psychological health, to automotive and diesel uh, mechanic work, and any questions you guys may have, I want to hear your feedback from them. Please send me your feedback and, and let me know certain areas you would like for me to discuss. When I do interviews, I will let you know who I'm interviewing, but I will not tell the person's name Directly, unless they would feel comfortable with me doing so. Otherwise, for ethical concerns, because some things we may talk about may impose on uh, their jobs, and I don't want to put them at risk for losing their jobs because they may be blatantly telling you just how it is in certain places and how things are working. But my goal is hopefully to hear, get people who are in Congress to help out with funding to. You know, better help out in these areas that we're discussing, minus the automotive and diesel sector. Um, that's a whole nother ball game. But most of my discussions for advocating, 99% of them are going to be geared towards mental and physical health, and how we can have better healthcare practices and medical practices, uh, not just in our local communities, but state and nationally. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This is Nick with Nick's Hotline signing off.